Hi, I'm Toby. I serve as the pastor here, and uh, just a privilege and honor just to be able to come before you and to, to look at the Word of God together every single week. And uh, welcome you once again to Orange Coast. What a beautiful day to worship the Lord. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Who's your hero? Anyone that is your hero? Whether it's growing up or right now. Yeah, I heard something. What's your, who's your hero? Nobody? Okay. Well, it could be like a sports hero cartoon character anybody you just want to like lay it out no no say okay there you go there was another man in the japanese service that talked about a a, a baseball player in that era it kind of tells you how old you are but you know that's that's all good it's all good i mean i i kind of know him but he's a legend i know but yeah it's cool there's a hero like this interviews that have been given awards and they're just the people that inspire us any other hero maybe historical figure maybe a family member which would be cool action heroes and all that um growing up as a kid many of us and i know some of you too like we we watch our favorite heroes on tv whether it's comic whether it's the movies as a japanese kid growing up i was always fascinated by the animation the heroes and um, if you ask 100 different japanese kids like young ones i guarantee you they will say this character as their hero and it's not like dragon ball z goku or naruto or anything like that it has to be this guy right here right here his name is anpanman okay anpanman is crazy if you don't know this okay so here's an anpan this is called a red bean paste bread man it's crazy because he is a bread, and his face is made of bread. His father figure, his uh, Uncle Jam, right, or Uncle, yeah, Jelly, or something like that. Anyways, he creates this bread every day, so he gives him. But what he does is this. Okay, so he, okay, so if you ever had Ampan before, or this red bean paste, it's really sweet, it's really good. And then he rips his head off. And he goes around the city and then he looks for hungry kids or like kids who are like alone. He like breaks off his piece. He's like, here, here's a, here's my head. Sorry, that's probably bad. So I'll, you get this side. Okay. I haven't touched that part. But you know, this is like, he gives out his bread. You can show the next picture. Like, this is how he does it. Like, here go. Here's my head. You eat and then be full. And it's crazy because... It's his head that he's eating, but she's eating. But anyways, it's kind of, but it's, there's a, yeah, it, it, it sounds weird. Oh, that's a good one. How sweet. Oh, okay. I like that. Because um, it's really sweet. You want you can take a bite. Um, anyways, you know, when you think about it, it's kind of scary. But it's, when you look at it as a cartoon, as a little kid, like, this is such a beautiful picture of somebody who's just constantly giving himself away. And then because of that, he gets weak, <laughs> you know, because his, his head is like almost like so slim because he's trying to give out so many food. And then as a result, he gets so weak. And then every time he almost loses because he's so weak. But then Uncle Jelly comes, you know, he's this father figure in his life. He comes with the newly baked fresh bread. It's like here, and the bread comes, and then swap his way with the new face. And then he gets energy again, and he beats his opponent. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's every time it's like the same story. But as a kid, you're like, wow, here comes Anpan Man. Anyways, 
Um, where am I going with this? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. This character is, resembles Jesus Christ. And actually, the author of this cartoon was a Christian. And he had Jesus as the figure of, of, of uh, is representing by him. Because you know what? Think about it. Jesus gave himself up. He says, this is my bread that I will be breaking for you. Here, you eat this to receive life. And he always constantly had this dependence on his father. When the enemies come and when he is weak, he depended on his father, God. And then here he receives a new life. He receives this resurrection because there's the old face and the week is gone and now there's a brand newness every single time you see jesus all over this guy believe it or not and to for that reason jesus actually is our ultimate hero and that's what we're going to be talking about today ultimate hero that gave himself up and he jesus does not fit the stereotype of a hero at all because when you look at today's passage, we see him about he, he's going to die. And that death is a miserable death. Nothing close to a hero that we expect in this world. Because we expect our hero to be on the podium receiving MVP awards and inspiring people with his strong, his or her strong personality and a charisma. But Jesus gave himself away and thus gave you freedom from sin. And gives us new life, which was once was his. Let us open up the word of God. Here we are in Luke chapter 18. And we're going to read about how Jesus is our ultimate hero. Now, we've been looking at the journey of in Luke. We've been starting from the chapter 1 all the way now up to chapter 18. We're finishing up chapter 18. We've always been saying this past few weeks, Jesus is heading to Jerusalem. He left his hometown of Galilee region, and he's going down to Jerusalem. And it has to be, it, 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 we've been maybe talking about this for like months. He's almost at Jerusalem, almost at Jerusalem. Today, he's almost at Jerusalem. But he's one stop away. He's in the city of Jericho, and that's where his discussion begins with his disciples. So verse 31, chapter 18, verse 31, this is the gospel of Luke. And let me read it for us. This is the word of the Lord. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We're going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him insult him, spit on him, and they will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. So Jesus predicted his death for the third time in Luke, and it is called the passion prediction, if you want to use a big term. He's talking about his death on the cross, and his eye is set on Jerusalem. His eye is set on the Passover feast that is coming up. It has a, a lot of historical resemblance, and it had to be that week where Jesus gave himself and his life away. And that is his um, that timing that it is coming up, and that is going to happen in Jerusalem. So what we just read is what what is written in the prophets about the Son of Man that had to be fulfilled. What are those details about the Savior? Well, there's three things that is written in an Old Testament or back then the 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 the, the writing and the, and the law was that he 
the prophet was that he had to be betrayed. There was a betrayal piece. People would betray, just like how Jesus said here, uh, be uh, given over to, delivered over to the Gentiles. I mean, that betrayal piece. And then the crucifixion piece, that he would be hung on a tree. That's important. And then the thirdly, it is the resurrection. There will be life again. And that's a prediction and the, and the prophecy of the Messiah, the coming Son of God. But for the disciples, they just could not associate what was said in the Bible and then the Jesus figure that was in front of them. They had something different in mind. They had hope that Jesus is a leader, a hero that would take them on this journey, take, this, uh, take them away from the captivities of Rome and as a militaristic leader and a political leader that, was cha- that would give them freedom, a worldly and a literal freedom. And so they thought our hero, that's long-awaited hero, that's in you, Jesus, you're not supposed to die so quickly. You're not supposed to die so weakly on a cross. Come on, give me a break. It has to be a joke. I mean, I don't know if that went on their mind, but there's definitely a strong stereotype of what a leader, what a hero, what a savior is supposed to be. It's sad considering the fact that they're with Jesus for about three straight years of constantly living and dining and eat, you know, going through so many different things, but they had no clue who Jesus really was or what he was about to do. Yes, granted that they had their eyes closed, their, their, their meanings were hidden because it only happened after the resurrection of Christ that their eyes were fully open. There's a spiritual eyes that was still closed, but... They've been here with Jesus for three years, and they are blinded to the truth of who Jesus really is. In fact, ironically, he later heals the blind man. The physically blind man was able to see who Jesus really was, more than the the disciples that was physically seeing Jesus every day for the past three years. Isn't that ironic? Now, this right here, what about us? We too may know Jesus. We, may, we too may have heard about Him, studied about Him, thought about Him, heard about Him, read and saw movies about Him, but is, do you know the real Jesus? Do you, are, or are you blinded by the stereotypes of who He should be or who He ought to be? That could be us. Now, where there's something that we learn from this blind man that we're about to read. So Jesus goes in and walks into the city of Jericho. And now he encounters this blind man. He's not just a blind man. He's a blind beggar. I mean, if you look at it from a social standpoint, he was like the lowest of low. People forgot about him. He felt he was forgotten, but he had a faith in Jesus. He knew that whenever Jesus comes, I want to see him face to face, even though he couldn't see anything He knew that Jesus is the one who he's going to be healed by. And that is the only hope that he had. His faith was there even before he met Jesus. And when Jesus was in town, when he heard that Jesus came into Jericho, he got up. He got out of his house. And imagine, this is a blind man. He can't see anything. But he's trying to weave through the crowds. I mean, maybe with his cane or something. And he's just, he, he did not let anything stop him from him reaching Jesus. He was all he could do is is to rely on the voice of Jesus, and he's trying to get closer and closer. And now, this is what he said, verse thirty-eight. He called out, "Jesus, the Son of David, have mercy on me." Those who led the way rebuked him. 
and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. He just kept going on and on. Church, what about you? Are you shouting his name? Are you seeking him? And then are you not giving up? Because sometimes we could seek Jesus, but then the life gets tough. Or, or people say, you're, you're not good enough for him. Or you, you shouldn't, he, he's too busy for you. And we let those voices get in the way and we stop shouting. We're like, oh, maybe that's true. So you take a step back and step back and you kind of shy away from the opportunity to encounter Jesus. That could happen to us. But we learn from the blind man that we got to go the opposite. We got to scream out even louder, say, Jesus, I know you're there. I want to see you. Or are we like the disciples where um, um, we allow our false expectation to get in the way to truly encounter who Jesus really is? Because sometimes we could feel like if there is a God, then God should do this or God shouldn't do this. And we try to fit God in our mold and says, this is what my Savior, my hero is supposed to look like. And that also get in the way. We know what? Sometimes, maybe oftentimes, we blind ourselves to see really who Jesus is and who he really wants to be and what he wants to give you. We miss our opportunity and the moment to encounter Jesus face to face who can be the ultimate hero in our lives. This is who, what Jesus did. Verse 40, Jesus stopped and order the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, 41, what do you want me to do for you? This is the question that changed the blind man's life forever. Lord, I want to see you, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Jesus stopped to listen to him. Jesus is stopping in front of you to listen to you. And he is saying the same words. The invitation is exactly the same. What do you want me to do for you? In the Old Testament, when you look at it, there is no record of a man that was blind or a woman or a blind person gets healed of their eyesight. It's only in Jesus' hand that that began to show up in the scriptures. Which means what Jesus is about to do or want to do in your life could be something that is completely new. You know, it's scary to see something brand new. I mean, you guys, have you guys ate raw oysters? Yeah, you like that? I like it. You know, it's good. It's in both cultures, Japanese culture, American. We eat it, right? But think about the first person who ever put that in his mouth or her mouth. It's crazy. I mean, what? You open up this crazy rock-looking shell, and then you open it, and it seems to be that that's going to taste good. I mean, think about it. You need to have faith in that, right? And sometimes you do get sick eating that. But, you know, just imagine the first ever bite that ever had. I mean, you need to believe that this must be good. Well, you know, what Jesus is about to do in your life, or what he wants to do, it's un- it could be unprecedented things. He might ask you to walk across a river that you've never came across. But that is his invitation. What do you want me to do for you? And you, we must trust that he is a good God, that he is going to take us just like the blind man. Even before encountering Jesus, he knew who Jesus was and he had a trust in him already. Do you have the same faith? 
ready to respond when Jesus asks you that question, what do you want me to do for you? Are you immediately, will you be able to say, Lord, I want to be able to see. Verse 43, immediately he received his sight, followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. See, we want to be like the blind beggar who sees the moment. He never let that moment get away. He seized it. He caught it. And then he was not going to let that go. And that's how he encountered Jesus. He did not go up to him and say, you know what? I, I actually, I'm a nobody. I shouldn't be bothering your time. You know, sometimes we fall into that mentality. Well, there must be other people that should go before. And we kind of shy away. He didn't do that. He says, I want you to heal me. I want to see. We did not go to say, hey, you know what? I've been blind all my life. I don't think it's fair. If you're the son of God, you should explain to me why. Because it does not make sense. He didn't go and full on complain. He just says, Lord, I want to see. That faith of his changed his life forever. Forever. Never the same again. And I want to ask you, church, are you okay with your life today? Are you satisfied with your life? It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a cool. I, mean, I don't need the God thing right now. Or I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty satisfied. If that's your case, yes, life goes on, business as usual. But do you want a change? Do you want God to do something amazing in your life? Are you thinking there must be more than this reality you're faced with right now? It has to be something more. There must be a purpose. Or do you want a transformation in your life? If that is you, the moment to encounter Jesus is always here and now. It's not next week. It's, it's, it's not five years from now. It's not even tomorrow. It's here. It's now because he is standing right there and stopped to say the same thing. What do you want me to do for you? The new life that Jesus want to give you, it could be something brand new. But I guarantee it is not bound by your past history or failure or the dark past that you've ever had. It is not bound to that. It is beyond that. And then it is not swayed or pushed around by people's opinion or the worldly values that the world says you should have. We're completely free from that. It is a life that is full of abundance of grace and love and peace and compassion because that's the love and the compassion and the grace that jesus has given you and you could receive that and now you get to overflow with that this is an exciting life that god is inviting you to live and walk and now because of your faith in jesus christ you will fully accept death Because usually in our world, the death is our last enemy and that nobody is ever defeated. But in Christ Jesus, you have a faith that death is only a transition. You have hope of eternity beyond that. So your perception of death becomes completely different. He is no longer an enemy that you will never be able to defeat. He is a a friend that will help you to transition you into eternity I mean, this is the perspective that God is wanting you to have through His Son, Jesus Christ. And this is the life that He is inviting you to walk. And if this is the life that you want to live, overflowing with joy, compassion, love, and grace, then please encounter Jesus today. Seize that moment. 
this life bursting with joy. That was originally what Jesus had, his perfect union with his Father. It was all his to live, and he was loving it. But when he saw you, he's like, rather, I want you to live that life that once was for me. I want you to live it. And instead, give me what was yours. Give me the life that is tainted by sin. Then because of that, you're going into death and hell. I mean, that life of yours, I want you to give that to me. Exchange it with my life that is full of life and full of joy. What was ours, he took on for us. All our hurts, pain, even death. Look at it, verse 32 once again. It says they will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. I mean, that is the life that he voluntarily lived. He took what was yours, and he gave you what was his. Jesus is completely different from a typical hero of this world. He's the wounded healer. He is the suffering servant. He's like Anpanman, who is giving himself away constantly. Take this, eat this. You will receive my life. But the most important truth of the Bible that we cannot afford to be blinded to is this. This is verse 33, later on right here. Can you read this together? On the third day, he will rise again. Come on, church, let's read it like we mean it. On the third day, he will rise again. I mean, that is the hope that Jesus has. Yes, he took on your death. He took it all to his cross. But that wasn't the end. He rose again. And when you have faith in Jesus, he rise with you to live a brand new life, full of hope, full of joy. And that is the life that he's inviting you today. And now I want to share a story as we end this time. This is a story that comes from when I was a little kid. You know how I shared, like, I, I watched a lot of Japanese cartoons or anime I had a lot of japanese toys so growing up a lot of kids my 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 uh, you know english speaking friends came over and they they played because like i had the best toys you know like yeah japanese toys are better than american toys that's just truth i mean sorry but it's it's for real you know made in japan and so so they played with my toys and they loved it but you know that experience kind of had its drawback because later on in life there was these, you know, guys who used to come over to my house, and they knew that I had a bunch of th- toys. And then they kind of knew, like, you know, you know, we had a nice house. And then they also knew that because of the dog that we had, our back door was always open. The, the window was always open. One day, they came into our house and burglarized our house. They, they, they took, and they kind of knew where my dad held, you know, put his, all his, like, valuable materials like passports green card and all that they knew it and they took this big old bag or you know a, um a, a, you know i guess a purse or man purse or something i mean he took they, they took that and it was gone we didn't know that but that evening a pizza place called us and says you know there's your your you know i think my dad was on the phone your identification card or I don't know, maybe it's the driver's license, the old one that has expired or something. It's, it's laying in my back alley next to the trash bin. You may want to take a look at it. So that's when we found out, oh, somebody must have broken. So obviously it was late at night. My dad and I got in the car. We drove immediately to this place, the pizza place. And it happened to be it is the, the, the workplace of 
you know, the guys who came in. And, um, <laughs> so we're puzzled. But before I knew it, you know, it's like a dumpster that looks like this. You know, it's like this. Um, it, it's it's kind of simple, but imagine this. It is at a pizza place, right, with all the leftover food just dumped in it. But my dad, before I could even think, he got in there. He dived right into it because he knew there's some missing pieces, and he knew it was in there. He dived right in. I mean, just think about this, full of pasta sauce, and spaghetti, and all the leftover food that is just nasty. And he just, he didn't think a second. Otherwise, he jumped right in there. And he was searching and searching, and he came out with his bag with our passports, our green card. And, you know, maybe we could just report it and then get a new one, new passport, right? I mean, that's not a big deal. And maybe there's no, like, you know, a war that is given to him because this story only the son knew. Like, as nobody else knew. Even my mom didn't know, and she was crying because she knew this for the first time after, like, 20 years or something, maybe more. Anyways, this was my story of my dad being my hero. I mean, he's, like, full of pasta sauce, and, and he just, you know, washed himself off and then just went back. And I thought, man, this guy is my hero. Um, this reminds me of our ultimate hero, Jesus Christ. You know, he jumped into your dumpster full of sin and he took on what was yours and full of death and, and, and this, this dirt and nastiness and, and all that he took on. He dived right inside without any hesitation. It's like, I want to jump right in there. And then what he came out, you know, he, he resurrected out of the pasta sauce. No, 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 no. He, he resurrected out of death and, and he gave you the identity that was stolen from you, our passport to heaven because we belong to him and gave us, won us back the true identity, redeemed that true identity that once was ours but was stolen forever. Now Jesus says, here, I want to give this back to you because I want you to know that you are the sons and daughters of the Almighty God. And I will take what was yours. And I'm going to be buried but rise again with you. You know, Jesus is not your typical hero that the world knows it. He's not the one that who will give you the answer. Well, you know, here's what you should do. So you should do this. And he gives you the answer. No, he's the type of guy or the man or the hero that says, what do you want me to do for you? That decision is all, it's on you. I'm waiting and I want you to own this. He's not the typical hero that is being interviewed by reporters after a heroic outing or being on the podium, giving a speech, and people are clapping all over him. He is in the ghettos, in the streets, trying to say one more life, always giving up of himself. Here, I want you to eat this so that you be energized. I want you to give you my life so that you could live. I mean, that was our hero jesus christ ultimately dying on the cross being that perfect sacrifice taking care of sins of humanity now have you encountered this hero of yours who gave up everything for you never hesitated to dive right into your sin jesus is 
the hero, the ultimate hero that this world needs. It doesn't need anything else but Jesus Christ. And he wants to partner with you, with us, his church, his children. Has he opened your eyes up to see the real Jesus? Have your eyes, the covers, the blinds, have them been lifted up to see the real him, the real Jesus, the real Savior? If so, be ready like that blind beggar who, who began to follow Jesus and he praised God all the days of his life. And you know what it is even more awesome is that when others saw him, they praised God. Your life, when you people see God in you, they'll praise God. Following Jesus, praising God. That's the life that God is inviting you to walk on. This life that is compelled by the sacrificial love of our Lord Jesus Christ, our wounded healer, suffering servant, the one who gave his life, our, our Savior. So now it is our turn to give ourselves away. It is our turn to say, I've received life in Christ. I'm going to rip my head off and give you my life as well. Would you walk with me? Can I help you? This is the life that I don't even deserve, and I want to give you, whether it's your time, whether it's your finance, whether it's your attention, let us give ourselves away sacrificially, but joyfully, just like Jesus did for us. Amen, church? Let us live that life together. So here is our weekly challenge for no, let's open up once again to Luke chapter 18. Read that verses again. And then what does this passage teach you about our Lord Jesus Christ, your healer, your savior? If you have your phones out, you could take a picture or Pastor Phil will be sending out an email with the same questions on Tuesday. But here it is and grow peace. Hey, what is that distracting you from encountering Jesus more fully? In other words, what is blinding you? Is it busyness? Is it, is it false expectation of what a Savior or a God ought to be or should be or other people's opinion, the values of the world, etc.? But what do you want Jesus to do for you about that? And then the grow or the overflow piece without seeking any praise or something in return. What sacrifice can you make this week to bless someone in need? Maybe it is a sacrifice uh, financially or Maybe sacrificing your time intentionally to listen to someone's story. Or maybe sacrificing your energy as volunteer to make someone's life a little bit better. If you want to bless me, then you could stick around after church to paint the wall with me. So, you know, there's a one way you could overflow. I thought you'll kind of laugh at that. But anyways, um, you, know, um, you know, it's a practical way where you could be and you could come to work day and on the 7th of December. I mean, there's so many things. But again, seek God and what He is directing you to this week. And then let us obey and follow Jesus and praise God. And when others people see you, they will praise God also. Wouldn't that be amazing? Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice. You have given us your identity to us. You've given us what was yours and took what was ours, the death on the cross, the pain and the wound. But now because you took that, you, you felt that, you went through that, you understand every single one of our pain. You understand every single one of the struggles of our lives. And now you come alongside us and say, what do you want me to do for you? Help us to be bold and honest, but also 
when you answer that, when you encounter it, when we encounter you, may we be ready to follow you and to praise you for the rest of our lives. May our lives be like that blind beggar that day, that the life has changed. He sees that moment to encounter, that moment that life changed. May we too experience that today and again and again. God, we need you because without you, we will fall apart. We will live with our own desires. And we know how destructive that is. So we give that up. And we want to see you face to face. We want you to open our eyes, eyes of our heart, to see you clearly so we could live for you and with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, would you worship together as we close out the service? And should we all stand if you can? Uh, for this last song, we'll sing Build My Life.